welcome back to the podcast, Luke. Welcome. With the failure, part two. Yes. We started talking about why this was important. Are you convinced that it's important? Very important. Yeah, the gun I'm holding <laughs> under the table. Yeah, well, I'm, sway your mind. Yeah, well. it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I really, yeah, yeah. I really think it's important. Yeah, really important. Everyone should um, hear what we have to say. <laughs> now, you're talking previous bit about this asymmetry, asymmetry between very common. I'm the same. More afraid of public speaking than driving. Driving is familiar. It's just like what system one you just do it right yep. public speaking no no physical threat to your life usually unless you're like a really active speaker like a <laughs> yeah a jfk or something like that and you probably are and you probably do have something to be afraid of but I was like, Hang on a minute. yeah, oh, yeah where's this going yeah but yeah we, i wrote this wrote about it, this idea a while ago you'd be familiar with astro the dog yep and it's basically like use this metaphor of like the dog that runs your brain and if you go back through history, like we used to be scared of, you know, we used to have good reasons for being oversensitive in a fear way, right? Like if you saw a twig, it was best to like, if it looks slightly like a snake, it was best to like just your brain to like, just think it's a snake for a sec because there's nothing, twigs aren't that like useful, but a snake can just like end your whole life. So you don't have, you don't really want to learn by trial and error with snakes. <laughs> right it's like yeah. what teaches human beings to be scared of falling off a cliff right if you had to learn by trial and error you, the whole species would disappear mm. so you need to be like overly fearful of a cliff in in an inbuilt way so you can actually survive to learn the logic behind why you wouldn't jump off a cliff so it made sense for a lot of evolutionary situations when we're out in nature with saber-toothed tigers and snakes and all that to have this over over defensive kind of response to things which is fear right so 99 times out of 100 that twig will just be a twig not a snake but it's worth being afraid for the one time that it is actually a snake and not a twig mm. and the classic situation homo sapiens are in is that we're kind of made this very materially complex and very socially different complex world but still got the same hardware walking around and I, when i thought about it i thought it reminds me of the way our brain does react to things is it reminds me of a dog where if you think about a dog dog barks at the slightest sign of trouble yeah. right it's it's just it's oversensitive it's different. it's like an oversensitive alarm system dogs bark in the middle of the night they'll bark at any shadow and that's the oversensitive thing so you can relate that to how we the idea of doing anything scary i talked about examples like talking to a girl starting a podcast starting a business changing your current life circumstances just the oversensitive barking starts straight away and what the barking looks like is it starts feeding you rationalizations right like mm. i'm not the sort of person who could do that i would fail and it would be embarrassing what would people say yep i'd be make a fool of myself in this cafe if i went and started talking to that person and blah 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 and so you know it's like this astro the dog now you know dogs will often be like you know you have to walk your dog you know what I mean? And you have to like get it out in nature and all that sort of stuff. It's where it's designed to be. We're not designed to be locked up. We're not designed to be, um, you know, pent in. We, you know, we're adventurous, kind of adventurous by nature. And so that's this tension you get because if you don't do things from fear, you kind of, you know, you atrophy. Mm. You know, like a dog that's just left inside is like you leaving your, you know, your will to do things or whatever. 
all locked up. And the other tricky thing, you know, probably with this Astro the dog idea, like the dog that runs your, your brain, is it doesn't speak English. It really doesn't. I, I don't want to be afraid of public speaking anymore. Yeah, exactly, right? So no, I can, I'm not I can, afraid. I can sit here and logic with you around why public speaking is not scary. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, Luke, even if you're stuffed up, no one's going to, like, remember. They're not really going to care. Yeah, no one cares. Right? Think, well, you, the logical case is, think about when you're watching someone do yeah. a public speaking. How much do you care exactly. if they start it? It's right? like you don't. Yeah. And you know that logic. You don't think less of them. You don't stay away from watching them speak again in future necessarily. No. You don't, you don't pitchfork against them, right? So I can logic with you about it, but the thing is, your it's Astro the dog that gives you the fear, mm-hmm. metaphorically, right? There's no literal dog in there. Disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, I imagine I'd be well ahead of my time. <laughs> yeah, it's the dog that's fearful. So this is what I mean: is the conditioned part of your brain, the less con- the, the unconscious, you know, part of your brain. It's actually got more, whatever you want to call, kind of intelligence. Because I think that's the part that's much closer connected to your intuition and all these other things we talk about, but it can't translate them as effectively. It's like this. It's like Einstein. Like you know, he's was super smart, but hardly any of us understand, you know, that level of physics. So it's like that. It's all this stored value, but it's less, you know, less relatable to everyday situations. And it's just a poor fit. So dogs. How do dogs, Luke? I don't know if you're a dog lover or a pet owner, but how do we actually get dogs to behave the way we want them to behave, given they don't understand? We reinforce certain behaviors. Yeah, we train them. Yeah. All right. So dog doesn't actually understand sit. No. Right. It's just like when it does the action we want, when we say sit, there's a favorable response it gets from us. It's like, oh, I like it when they give me a snack or whatever. So it learns this association. Sit means some form of pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Once. Like mm. once doesn't have to always be the case, right? And it's the funny thing about trained responses, conditioned responses to things. And they first found out about like what they call classical conditioning from an experiment with dogs. Cause they'd bring out the guy always brought out the food. When he came out, the dogs would start salivating, mm. but he didn't even have any food. Now fear works the same way. And the public speaking one, go back to public speaking. Do you know why it is most people's like biggest fear? Like on that astro level? Well, I've heard, I don't know, I'd just be repeating some yeah. of what you've said in the past. Yeah. But if I think about it, there's a the losing status element. Yeah. yeah. The, and also, yeah, just where you would, you'd be afraid to look bad in front of people and your body's kind of, sending you signals to make sure you don't make a fool of yourself and why is status so highly weighted in our psychology do you think i don't i don't truly know i've heard Mm. things that you know yeah i'm not i'm not a hunt like i don't understand fully the fear correlation Mm. to tell you the truth i think status when i think about it status is the thing that moves the species forward Mm. now that it's a very socially complex right so like who gets the the, who gets the girls james bond Mm. he's a high status male right or celebrities right and 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 vice versa you know it's not just men and women men to women it's women to men too like the the celebrity who look is good looking compared to the everyday person who's good looking it's much more of a like that's a much more macho like i got that girl kind of thing and that is associated with mating odds 
So this is very baseline evolution, right? Like the high status male has the best pick of the mating partners, right? Like soccer players go and they pick up kind of any girl in the club, you know, kind of thing. You and I walk around there like, like morons, (laughs) like, Hey, Hey, like put up with me. And so it's that status thing is, 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 but it's the wiring. So they're not necessarily looking, we don't necessarily want to protect status because we want mating partners. This is the wiring we've been given. We're programmed. And it's for us to, you know, the dog doesn't speak English. So I can't say, don't be afraid of podcasting. I can't say, don't be afraid of speaking to girls, but don't be afraid, but it's retraining. And one thing that helps is I think seeing other people do things. So when you relate to someone who does something, and especially when you see them go from before and after. Mm. So seeing Joe Rogan podcast doesn't give every single person courage to go start a podcast. If they see their friend, Joe, who he, he was a noob, nothing, but oh, now he's, he's recording and he's doing it. And look, you know, he's not dying and he's not losing his standing in the community. And then the mating partners are not running away from him. That can be like encouraging, right? Yep. But the best thing I think is seeing yourself go through challenges. That's yep. how I think the best way to retrain Astro. Yeah. You know, you watch yourself and it can start quite small, I think. Yeah. So with public speaking, you know, You've talked about like Toastmasters and stuff like that. You can start with not family and friends. It's probably even more terrifying. You know, a small group of people who also want to learn to speak. Yep. Is Toastmasters. Now that's great environment. How good is that? Why is that good? Because everyone, no one's going to judge everyone because you're on the same page. So in terms of the social situations, it's the friendliest, softest entry. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Friendliest, softest entry. And then you could up the social complexity and social weight of the situation you're in gradually. Yeah. I think if I can think of another example, like I started a new new job recently, right? Yeah. It puts you in an unfamiliar yeah. environment, yeah. new people, yeah. all these things. And yeah. I think it sets off Astro in a big way because you're trying to... It's not like you've never dealt with other humans before, but you, you like everyone's unfamiliar. So you're kind of like, Oh shit, got to meet all these people and then you got to get in these meetings. And in my previous role, I wasn't, I didn't have as much exposure. Mm. I've moved to a bigger company, for example. Mm. So more exposure. Yeah. And like meeting with, here's another interesting thing is meeting with higher status, say like yeah. chief executives or stuff. You, it's, it's, well, for me at least, it's scared. Like you're just like, oh my God, you're meeting with important people yeah and it sets something off in your brain because you know yeah you know logically it's like talking to someone who has a big who's like a celebrity yeah and you're like i know they're a human being i've seen them talk but yet there's just this automatic response it's weird it is and that's weird. the astro it is it's not based in reality but if i can and it's not helpful to the situation to be that not. fearful but you, you you put yourself in that situation and it's almost like it's good that it's a work environment because you kind of have to right yeah but then so you you you're tricked into doing it yep. but then the exposure repeated mm. yeah it's like then you just and so evolve. It's, it's this whole status seeking thing because again when you're kicked out of the clan the yep. tribe you would probably die back in thousands of years ago right if you're on your own to hunt and all that it was a group right. activity so you're hypersensitive to the social dynamics you're in yeah so when you go into a new environment like a big workplace your astro is kicking 
into like super, de- even though it's not helpful, kicking into super defensive. Yeah. Like imagine the dog again, hyper reactive, like the slightest shadow. Yeah. Because this is going to boost my survival odds. The slightest thing, like I don't want to do this wrong. I don't want to do that wrong. Yeah. Right. Cause you yep. want to be so conservative about fitting into this new social dynamic. Cause your astro is confusing it as a survival situation. Yep. Yeah, it's it's treating it like life or death. Mm. Like you could actually die because once upon a time you would actually die if you were kicked out of that group. Mm. Now we equate things like not having a consistent salary, you know, not you know having to change the situation, having to put myself out there. We equate these things, and if you scan the brain, your brain or the cortisol levels in your body, you'd probably find. I'm not a neuroscience person, but you'd probably <laughs> find that it'd be equivalent of like facing a saber toothed tiger. Yep. These things feel like life or death. Yeah. Well, even... They're, they're not. Even going through the process of finding a new job, right? Yeah. You forget that you're actually relatively qualified and, <laughs> all, and all these things you use. Well, for me at least, yeah. you go into defense mode, yeah. especially applying for new jobs and all these sorts of things and then doing the interview, which is pretty scary. But you do you do it and like the, it's it's it purely is anything I've experienced that I've gone from being fearful to not so much is it's an exposure thing yeah so like what is happening there right it's that you're how it's counterintuitive astro is often counterintuitive because you got to imagine again a dog running you looking for a job okay so you can, when you someone what listening to this who's ever applied for a job or is looking for a job now Go back to thinking about the person that's now got the reins of your brain is this astro figure. Mm. And a dog does not understand the complexities of applying for a job. Mm. Aligning like a long-term, like not short-term financial needs and, and like, I don't know, fulfillment and meaning and you know all these factors, but then the long-term story of how this fits into the life you want to have. And imagine handing that responsibility to a dog. The dog is concerned. It's trying to help you with the job thing by making you scared of the job thing it doesn't you understand yeah (laughs) right because it's saying it's saying this is an this is a situation where i might lose status Mm. this is a situation where my ego might be harmed what it thinks it has to do is protect the ego it feels like it needs to protect your identity and your sense of self but ironically it's like an overprotective parent by doing that, it actually harms it, the status it, you can get. It doesn't know that you need to go through that process. It doesn't understand. Expose. It doesn't understand. It sees this as socially scary. In the, and it in equates the mo- it with death. But only in the moment. Like it, it in doesn't, the moment. In the it moment. Doesn't see, for example, looking for a job. What are you trying to do? Find a better workplace with yeah. more opportunity. It doesn't yeah. understand that. Yeah, it doesn't understand that. So, so that's the conscious part. So there's this Jonathan Haidt. I think it hate Haidt. Haidt. H-I-D-T, had this concept of the elephant and the rider. Mm. He's like, we're kind of born as like this 10% conscious part sitting on an elephant. And if you just don't, <laughs> you know, master your awareness and psychology, you're just being led around wherever the ever programmed part of you wants to go. Mm. So it's like being, letting the dog lead you around, which is stupid, right? You, you don't walk a dog and let the dog take you wherever you want to go, right? The dog doesn't have the awareness of the world we yep. live in. You have to learn to control and steer the dog. Well, I will make one quick point. I'll yeah. get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Is it the, the, the re- reason why we were... One of the things I've thought about is the reason why we're 
survived mm. is it feels incredibly real like yeah you yeah. Can't, like it compels you mm. to be like no l- logic doesn't matter yeah this is what you feel yeah so it's constantly fighting against yeah it's that. also positive yeah it can be very positive that feeling over overpowering logic mm. like the way you make sense of that. that's another thing that could that's a whole episode on its own <laughs> but no don't be sorry Classic. be happy well it's a good point yeah you're, you're feeling based creatures not logical if you try too hard to follow logic, you'll end up in a ditch. Because uh, you will, your, your, what looks like logic to not you or I, but say another person, they would say this is logical. We would say that's stupid. Mm. That's astro speaking, disguised as your own voice, mm. and it feels logical. Logically, I'm not going to put myself out there. That's mm. risky. Astro uses that's stupid language. Yeah, it uses it, um, it, it barks. It barks, mm. then the conscious part of you interprets the barking mm. as this is. So imagine this scenario: dogs barking at night, right? Mm-hmm. You go, why is the dog barking? You go, oh, it's barking because of the rats that always run past. You've taken the dog's barking and you've rationalized it without <laughs> yeah. knowing. Then you go yeah. back to bed. Yeah. So the same thing happens within your mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Your your internal astro barks, and then you put like if you speak english like some sort of english language rationalized thing on it looking to you know explain what it is and you just settle for an answer and then you lock that in as your thought and then that thought becomes your cognition about the mm. reality you're in yep and it's so mostly it's completely wrong. detached from it's mostly wrong it's completely detached from reality and the solution, you know, is just awareness. The solution is just awareness. The first time I talked about Astro the Dog is the retreat for 18 and Lost with other people. And, you know, one of the people came away from that retreat said, you know, that was so powerful. Me not identifying with my feelings of fear. That it's not me. Because the worst thing that happens is you embed this fear as you. I'm, why do we say I'm afraid? I am afraid. I could also say I am a doorman. Like, you know, it's an identity state. Mm. You're saying what you are is afraid. It's inaccurate. But we use that language every day. That language is not by accident. It's symbolic of how we treat these things. You take it on as this identity. I'm happy. I'm excited. We do it with the positive emotions too. Mm. And we shouldn't. That's not what the kind of non-attachment is, right? I am afraid. No, you're not. You're Luke. And what's Luke but this random name that someone decided to give you? You're not even Luke. You can go again. Right? You can go all the way there. And that starts to hurt people's brains too. But that hurting of your brain with this stuff is just your brain getting exercised as a muscle. And the more awareness you have, the less Astro can have control over you. But that's a whole separate... It's a whole separate thing, but I don't want to leave this because we're going to go into something else. Yeah, I don't leave this without like the whole. What do you think we do about it? The 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 big leap for most people. We talk about this is not identifying with astro. You are not. You are not the fear. No, you're feeling. That doesn't. It's not an accurate description of you in that context. Like, I'm not afraid of speaking to girls. Well, I'm not afraid now. But when I was 18, um, I'm not joe who's afraid of speaking to girls i'm joe who feels this thing he's this barking when the concept of approaching a girl 
comes up. Mm. Then you stop and you say, wow. You don't say, far out, I'm never going to be able to do this. You say, oh, wow. Isn't that interesting that mm. I feel that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, that's pretty funny that I feel that. I might not walk over right now and overcome it, but it's instead of catastrophizing around, oh, I'm afraid of public speaking or oh, I'm terrified I'm not going to get a job. To step, actually just separate yourself from it and look at it as the dog barking and go, that's crazy that that dog's barking at this. That makes no sense. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you catastrophize, you agitate, you flare the dog up even more. It starts barking louder. So, yeah, catastrophize the dog. Mm. And we're going to keep going with the myth of failure idea. And I'm going to rehash another old thing from the podcast, which is the, the thousand doors. Next. But first, I'm going to take a quick toilet break. <laughs>